if you just go out there having a good time, whether you can hit the ball a mile or you can barely hit it off the tee, you just need to have fun. It's a social game. It was a beautiful day outside playing in the sunshine and we were taking it seriously. But when it comes to creating the environment for somebody who is new to the game, you have to be relaxed and laughing and having fun. Otherwise, it's not going to keep people coming back. If somebody is spending their day off out on the golf course, they're not going to spend their time doing something you're not having fun with. When I'm there playing with somebody who's newer to the game, I just always remember back to me being brand new. And I always conduct myself the way that I was treated because it was very helpful and it built my confidence the way people were patient with me and encouraging. Golf is so humbling. Somebody could duff one off the tee. She's brand new to the game. She could miss the ball. I'm just as capable of doing the same thing two and a half years in. So golf is very humbling that way. Just as soon as you think you've got it figured out, it will remind you that you absolutely do not. Welcome to the Mod Golf Podcast, where we speak with the influencers, disruptors, entrepreneurs, and innovators who are shaping the future of golf. If you're a regular listener, welcome back. If you're new to the Mod Golf Podcast, thanks so much for joining us and please subscribe to the show so you'll hear about upcoming episodes and you can enter our latest golf product giveaways. I'm your host, Colin Weston, and today my guest is Alyssa Kaysar. On previous episodes, we've showcased Women's Golf Day, Latina golfers, women of color golf, and several female golf entrepreneurs as they help unlock the multi-billion dollar golf business opportunity by making the game more accessible and welcoming to women. But all of those have been high-level conversations. Today, we're going to get right down into the weeds, or perhaps into the rough, if we're going to use a golf metaphor here, as Alyssa is new to golf with a compelling journey to share with us. So with that, Alyssa, thanks so much for joining us today, and welcome to the Mod Golf Podcast. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. It is my pleasure. I'm excited for this. And you reached out to me on Instagram a a couple of weeks ago, and then we connected and had a quick little Zoom call. I was like, yeah, we got to tell your story. So I love this. Yeah, as I said, that multi-billion dollar opportunity to grow the game. We talk about how to get more women involved. And you are, we're going to use you as a case study. I won't say guinea pig, but a case study here of you not being involved in golf a couple of years ago. And now I got to call you an accidental Instagram influencer, the way that's kind of spun out. We're going to talk about that and what you're doing with at New Lady Golfer on Instagram. So Mm -hmm. to get us started here, Alyssa, tell us about your first golf experience, which wasn't that many years ago. So tell us about that. Yeah. So I first started playing golf. I picked up a club in, well, really the end of June, 2018. My first experience prior to that was really just getting out on the golf course here and there with friends, like riding around in the golf cart, not playing, just kind of enjoying the day out on the course. And I'm like, wow, this is like really fun. I love the weather's perfect. It's a beautiful day. Everybody's having a great time. So it wasn't until I actually moved to California in the end of June, 2018, where I picked up the club and wanted to start that journey of learning to play the game. And one of my first experiences was my first lesson. It was a group lesson at a local range here and never put the club down since. So I want to dig into that a little bit more. I I believe also your boyfriend is a member of a club in San Diego and he's played a bit, so he probably helped you get involved. But what was that motivator for you to take those first lessons? Because we talk about this all the time, especially with with women. It's it's intimidating and overwhelming and you don't know where to start. So tell us about that. We're going to keep moving across your journey for the last three years and it's been an incredible one. But tell us about that. Where did you start? Was it through friends? Were you invited or you just look online to find something? So how did you find your first lesson there? 
Yeah, so actually my boyfriend was the one who introduced me to the game. I would go out with him and his friends and ride around in the golf cart and really enjoyed it. But my first experience with golf was actually not my first lesson now that I recall. It was the 18th hole of one of their rounds and they're like, here's a driver, try to hit the ball. And I actually had it on video. So it's come in handy for my Instagram. I swung the driver for the first time and I completely missed the ball. It was the most unathletic I've ever felt in my entire life. And I've been an athlete my entire life. So that was a very humbling moment for me. So because of that experience, when I really wanted to learn to play when I moved here, that I was going to need to do it by getting lessons right from the start. <laughs> See, that was smart. See, I've, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm a bit older than you, and I've spent decades not having lessons until the last few years with my friends at Golf Tech. So I've had to try to remove those 50,000 bad swings from muscle memory, which is painful. <laughs> so I'm jealous of the fact you did it right. You went for lessons first. So tell us about those lessons then. There were these group lessons. Were there other women there? Or what was that experience like? It was really great. The driving range that I started out practicing at, it's almost like a gym membership. You paid $99 for the month and then they had classes basically every single day, Monday through Sunday. They taught you all aspects of the game. So full swing, putting, chipping, out of the bunker. They would go over some rules and etiquette. So I got this really good crash course of the game of golf in a very efficient way. And that also helped me build confidence early on. It was a really fun environment that kept me coming back because it was the group was mixed. It was people like me who had never played before in their entire life to some people who have played and were just looking to brush up on their skills and men and women and kind of all ages. So it was a really great environment to start learning the game in. Nice, nice. So that was your first experience. I like using the the skiing or snowboarding analogy of, you know, a double black diamond experience is showing up on the first tee for the first time. And that's not what you want to be doing. You want to have those blue runs and a green run, a nice, easy, gentle groomer, or even what they call the bunny hill for kids or beginners. So it sounds like you were uh, introduced to the bunny hill, which is great. So what was your next experience? What was the first time you were on a course? Did you play more of an executive or a par three course? Or what was your next step in your golf journey then? So if for my lessons, I started on the bunny slopes and the green and the blues, when it came to getting out on the course, I went to like the black diamond. (laughs) So right away, right away. Yeah. So I think the course I played, it's the country club my boyfriend belongs to. I think the slope is like high 120s from the forward tees. So just threw myself right into the fire and just went for it. But that was more for just fun. And I was very lucky that they were very welcoming and very patient with me. But then when I realized that probably wasn't the way to go, when I would be practicing on my own or playing with some other friends that I had that were also kind of new to the game, we would go to the par three courses, we would go to the executive courses, we would do those things. And that is where I really got to practice hit multiple balls, like nobody's rushing me at feel like I was holding anybody up. So what I did was probably a good mix of the bunny slopes. And then every now and then would throw in that black diamond of the hard course. Gotcha. Gotcha. So early on, from my understanding, you then started to document your journey and created your Instagram with at new lady golfer. So how early into your journey did you start posting there? And it sounds like that was just to document this. That wasn't your, I don't really know you yet, but I've got a good feeling of the conversations. It wasn't your desire to blow this up and trying to monetize this. It was really to document your journey and other great things have spun out. Is that fair to say? 
Yeah, that's very accurate. When I started the Instagram, I didn't really have any expectations as far as what it was going to do or be or anything like that. I was just very clear from the beginning on what the strategy was for the Instagram. So from that is where the whole rest of this, everything else has evolved. The strategy when I started the Instagram was to genuinely document a beginner golfer journey and engage with people that were new to the game, people that had been playing for a really long time. I mean, everybody could kind of relate because no matter if you're new or old to the game, you all go through the same thing. So it was great to have people side by side with me, encouraging me, cheering me on, sharing the milestones, kind of celebrating them with this group of people, this audience that started to sort of follow and engage back with me. So it was just really fun. It was really exciting for me that every time I hit one of those new milestones, like a longest drive or like my first birdie, I think that literally took me forever to get. (laughs) Um, So it was just like these moments that I got to share and celebrate with this audience that found what I was doing very relatable and also them wanting to show support and cheer me on as somebody who was new to the game. So it was really great. It actually gave me a lot more confidence and inspired me to want to keep doing it more. So good. So good. So my understanding, I think early on in your, with your Instagram that you started to partner with people, people reached out to you and I believe I've forgotten his name, but your golf coach that you uh, collaborate with and you, I've seen you create some uh, YouTube videos also that's helped to propel you forward. So tell us about that relationship. Yeah. So my coach is, his name is Mike Maggs. He teaches out of the Southern California Golf Academy at the Carlsbad Golf Center in Carlsbad, California. And he found my Instagram and liked what I was doing and had reached out. And like you said, he liked what I was doing, liked that I was very serious about the game, but was still having a ton of fun with it. And he asked if I'd be interested in working with him and for us to create content around our lessons to share on both of our social media channels. And that was, I want to say December of 2019. So we've been working together for a large portion of my golf journey. And every time we get together, I I always laugh whenever we do our lessons. I feel like he's literally been trying to get me to do the same things. It's just every lesson, he's trying a different way or a different drill to finally make the mind-body connection for me. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. Like the first lesson that him and I ever did, we went over like grip, setup, posture over the ball. And one of our most recent lessons, which is like over two years in, we went over grip, setup, and my posture over the ball. And I stopped him for a second. I said, Mike, this is hilarious. I'm pretty sure this is exactly what we did on a first lesson over two years ago. And he was like, hey, you know, sometimes you got to go back to the basics. And I'm like, "Uh, yes, we do. Absolutely. You'll see if you go to professional LPGA or PGA tournaments and you see them out on the practice tee, that's the first thing they do. They go through grip, posture, alignment, like they've never picked up a club before. And that's the way they start. I did that on purpose as a bit of a segue to professional golf tournaments that things have just kept building and building for you that you have a relationship with the Farmers Open right in your backyard. I believe it's a social media host. So why don't you tell us about that? Yeah, that opportunity was absolutely incredible. And that also came through Instagram. So 
The Farmers Insurance Open is run by the Century Club of San Diego, which is a nonprofit organization here. And they have a variety of different charities that the Farmers Insurance Open proceeds gets distributed amongst. They have, I want to say, a staff of 10 or 12 full-time employees that do all the behind-the-scenes work to make the Farmers Insurance Open happen. And then they have this other branch that is volunteer, charitable work that these people do. And every year they have a different president. The president of the Century Club found my Instagram and he reached out and sent me a DM. And he said, I'm really intrigued by what you're doing. I like what you're doing and I'd like to learn more about it. Would you be open to meeting me for a lunch so we can talk further? I have some ideas. Initially, I had no idea what the Century Club was, and I had mentioned it to my boyfriend, and he said, the Century Club runs the Farmers Open, so you should probably take that meeting. <laughs> so yeah. thankfully, I had asked it. Yeah, so I, because I had no idea. We had the lunch meeting, and he asked me about what I was doing, so I gave him a little background into the story and what my strategy was. And then he expressed that they were looking to access and reach more of the Southern California lifestyle crowd because they already knew that they were going to get the golf audience out there. So they wanted to look to reach that lifestyle crowd that loves to be out in the sunshine, loves to do fun, active outdoor things on the weekend. And they liked me because I haven't been playing golf my whole life and that I, I didn't know that much about the game, but that I was still enjoying it. So they were like, you would be very relatable because you're new to the game, but you're still loving it and having fun with it. And people can connect and relate to that. So they wanted me to sort of be that connector piece to access a new crowd here in Southern California to get them to come out and attend the Farmers Insurance Open. Love it. Love it. So this year, we're recording this in December of 2020, that most likely it won't be a crowd there, I'm assuming. I don't know what the details are already, if that's the case with COVID, but is that something that you're... So you're still going to be involved with them this upcoming year and kind of, I'm sure, a different experience of what you had last year, but hopefully you're going to be involved as a social media host with them again, yes? Yes, yes. So there are no fans, unfortunately, there are no fans at the tournament this year in January. The approval for the plan for the tournament had to be submitted in November. So it was based upon what the current climate is when it comes to stuff like that versus any changes that it can potentially be in January. So it's a little disappointing in that regard because we were really hoping that things could be back to normal or somewhat back to normal or we could have fans. But yes, I feel very lucky and I'm very grateful to be back in my role as this social media host for the upcoming tournament. And while we were still figuring out this role and all the different things I did last year was for the first time, we were going to build on that this year. But now it's like a completely different job. But I'm happy to have last year under my belt. And now I'm just looking forward to taking the role and doing so much more with it and getting to interact with some of the players and really just keep the connection for our fans even more so now because they aren't actually going to be on site. Nice. Well, I look forward to to following that in January to see what you do. So let's get back to your golf game here. And by the way, I am jealous because you did mention in a previous conversation, you've only been playing for a couple of years. Your <laughs> yeah. handicap is already lower than mine, even though mine's going down. But uh, so what's your handicap right now? Well, in our last conversation, it was a little bit lower than it is right now, but it's currently at a 10.9. So we could just say it's 11. <laughs> All <laughs> Although right. the 10 um, sounds better. The 10 sounds better. I'm at a 14. So you still got me there. So so you must play a couple times a week. You must play a lot, right? 
Yeah, I do get the opportunity to play a lot, which is great. It's kind of part of my quote unquote work, if you want to call it that, uh, as yeah. far as getting out on the course, doing a lot of networking, working with golf courses, working with other influencers, and then also getting rounds in there where I'm actually purely just playing for fun with my friends or my boyfriend. I probably play about two to three times a week. One time a week would be like low. And there are some times where just the way the week goes, I might get out there four or five times. Wow. Okay. Well, I'm not even close to that. So, uh, yeah. so there, that, that's why you're obviously better than me. Now, I've seen your <laughs> swing. Your swing is a lot nicer than mine. Your coach has done a great job with you there. So congratulate Thank him you. from me on that. I do you want to expand on, on this, just as far as growing the game, that multi-billion dollar golf business opportunity, as I phrased it earlier. Let's talk about your own friends. I know you've mentioned you have a group of friends, women that you go out and play with. So I'd like to hear about that. But I also want to hear about some of your non-golfing friends. Have you managed to onboard some of them? What is their reluctance? What are the barriers in their lives of why perhaps they are refusing to get out there and, and start on that same journey that you have? So you can talk about maybe some of your golf and non-golf girlfriends and their response to the game. Okay, I'm going to start with the non-golf friends who aren't playing yet, but see me doing what I'm doing. And they are always so supportive and love watching along with everybody else. So I'm always grateful for that. But if I had to guess, number one would be time, would be just having the time to allocate towards learning. So just to get back in how I got started, I used to be a high school teacher. So I was used to having my summers off. So when I moved here, it was in the summer. So when I started going to those small group classes, it was in June and July, I was already used to having the summer off. So I literally had the time to go almost every single day. So number one, with a sport like golf, you need to have the time and you have to want to put the time into learning the sport. So I think some of my friends, especially being female, there's probably a little bit of that intimidation factor that they think that it's going to require a lot of time. They don't necessarily have the time to learn to be able to play the sport the way they'd want to, if that makes sense. And I also think a lot of people in general, both men and women, struggle with the idea of having to really stink at something for a long time or really all the time. You know, like there are days when I go out there and I'm just like, man, I feel like I can't even swing the golf club right now. So that's something that I think is really hard with the sport is that you have to be okay with being bad at it. (laughs) And that's so foreign for people because like me being an athlete and playing soccer my whole life, I was able to play at the collegiate level and consistently perform at a high level. I would make a mistake here or there, but day in and day out, whether it was practice or the game, I could perform at a very high consistent level. With golf, I could go out and shoot a 95 and then tomorrow I could go out and I could shoot an 84. You have to just be okay with a little bit of inconsistency and also be okay with kind of stinking at the sport sometimes. So I think people struggle with that. Like they think the sport's really hard and there's a lot of barriers to entry to the game. So that was another goal with my Instagram was to try to lower those barriers, break those barriers down and show people who were starting to play the sport later on in life that it could still be done. So then 
initially, I'd say within the first year, one of the things that bothered me the most was I didn't know who else I could play with. I didn't really have people to play with aside from I was heavily reliant on my boyfriend taking me out to play. And he has a full-time job. He works a lot. So that was always falling on him. And then I, I would just always go practice at the range. So I got to be a really good range player. So I was like all practice, not a lot of play. And when I would get out on the course, I would be making a ton of mistakes. And then I'd be so confused because I'm like, wow, I hit the ball so well at the range. Why can't I come out here and do it on the course? Which it's two completely different ball games, the range to the course. Oh, yeah. So it took me a little bit of time to find my group Number one, get good enough that I could go play with people and I wouldn't be holding up the group or embarrassing myself. And two, just have that confidence and find these people that I enjoyed playing with just as much as they enjoyed playing with me. So that just took a little bit of time. And I must say, I get DMs a lot, especially from other girls who are newer to the game. And they're like, wow, like they see me posting pictures playing with my girlfriends. And they're like, how did you find other girls to play with? And I had to like sit back and think about it. So I'm happy that you asked me this question because I was lucky to find one girlfriend here in San Diego who I actually met on a golf course before I started playing. So her and I would go out and play. And then she has since introduced me to a couple other people that were getting into the game. And then there's like a really strong golf culture here in San Diego with a lot of people who are social golfers, not necessarily people who are professionals or like have this big background in golf. So once I got one or two people I met in there, I got to meet some more people. So it definitely took some time and it took me putting myself out there and getting the confidence and the comfort level to be able to go and know that I could get around a course playing with pretty much anybody and have a great time. Right, right. And what you mentioned there about introductions, I was talking on a podcast episode a couple of weeks ago with Charles Dillahunt, who works with the diversity and inclusion piece with the PGA of America. We talked about the power of invitation, not just for women, but for anyone who's not engaged with the game. And just having someone invite you for the first time in anything in life, and especially at golf, it's so, so powerful and meaningful. And it does break down those barriers. And it sounds like you've been doing that. So hey, I also wanted to comment on one of your other things you mentioned there about not wanting to suck at something. I laugh because myself in my background in sport also at a competitive level in many sports, but especially baseball. And I've always used the analogy of saying, you know what, baseball, you could succeed 30% of the time hitting and you'd be a multimillionaire. In golf, if you succeeded or hit the ball well 30% of the time, you're not going to break 100. So that's one of the mm -hmm. painful things with golf, right? Mm -hmm. You've got to, yes. got to be more consistent with that. And that's really hard for people, right? Their ego does take a bruising and mine does every once in a while too. But you know what? Yeah, you'll have your bad days out there. And that's why it's kind of that metaphor for life, right? With golf. For sure. Did want to mention this also, and you, you talked about with women getting involved in the game. And one comment that I always like, or something that I like to quote from Sandy Cross, who is the chief people officer with the PGA of America, who's also involved heavily in the diversity and inclusion piece there. And she has the saying, in order to be one, you need to see one. So people that look like you, act like you, dress like you, have a lot of commonality, and then you gravitate towards that. And then you're feeling more comfortable and welcome. I mean, so with that, to expand upon what you had talked about with your other girlfriends, are you seeing some of them now willing to take that first step with you over time? I know that there's other barriers with lifestyle and time in their lives and constraints, but are you slowly seeing that either through Instagram and also your in real life friends that they're slowly coming around? 
Uh, yeah, I really do. And especially during this time, because right now a lot of things are shut down. Golf has just blown up. So yesterday I have two stories. So I want to say now a year and a half ago, there was this girl who reached out to me on Instagram and she was like, Hey, I'm trying to get back into golf. I played a little bit back when I was in high school. I was wondering if you'd have any interest in playing with me. And I was like, huh. At the time I was in that process where I was trying to find other people to play with, especially girls. So I'm like, yeah, you know what? That would be awesome. So we met up at a local range. And then at the range, there was also, it's not a par three course, but it's 18 holes. You don't use driver a lot. So it's a lot of like iron and short game work. We met at the range, hit some balls, and then we went out on the course. And we literally have played, I'd say, two, three times a month since that day. So all she did was reach out to me on Instagram and ask me if I would be interested in playing. So I always tell people when that come and ask me when they're trying to find others to play with. I tell them, don't hesitate to reach out to people. Just put yourself out there and ask. And then just yesterday, me and three other girlfriends went out and played for one of my friend's birthdays. And one of the girls with us is very new to the game. And I just think the most important thing, and this is really no matter what you're doing, this is not just related to golf. If you just go out there and you're just having a good time, whether you can hit the ball a mile or you can barely hit it off the tee, you just need to have fun. It's a social game. You're outside playing in the sunshine. We It was a beautiful day and we were taking it seriously. I don't want to make it sound like we weren't trying to play. We absolutely were. But when it comes to creating the environment for somebody who is new to the game, you have to be relaxed and laughing and having fun. Otherwise... It's not going to keep people coming back. If somebody is spending their day off out on the golf course, they're not going to spend their time doing something you're not having fun with. And then also for me, when I'm there playing with somebody who's newer to the game, I just always remember back to me being brand new. And I always conduct myself the way that I was treated because it was very helpful and it built my confidence the way people were patient with me and encouraging. <laughs> Golf is so humbling. Somebody could duff one off the tee. She's brand new to the game. She could like miss the ball. I'm just as capable of doing the same thing two and a half years in. So <laughs> golf is very humbling that way. Just as soon as you think you've got it figured out, it will remind you that you absolutely do not. I can uh, attest to that. I actually yeah. broke 80 <laughs> for the first time ever a couple of weeks ago and I shot 79. And then yes. I followed that. Thanks. And then I followed that up with a 94. Yeah. Work, work. <laughs> I'm, getting I'm, there. Oh, I'm catching my stride. I'm, I've got this all figured out. And the same course too. Same course. <laughs> like a week later. Uh, golf. Golf will get you, but it keeps you coming back. For women out there that are listening that have not picked up a club yet or perhaps are lapsed and are thinking about it but don't really know where to start, I know you already talked about your journey. Maybe it's more reinforcing how you started. Can you provide some comments on what you would suggest to them as far as those first steps for getting a club in their own hands? I really love this question. When I'm guests on podcasts, I always get asked this and I always give the same answer because I feel so adamant about it. And this is what I tell anybody is to get some sort of professional instruction. Because number one, I just think it's so important. This sport is very hard. And I think it's so important to be taught the right way right from the beginning. That's just my own personal opinion. And I think that it was very helpful for me early on and would be helpful for other people that are new to the game in building that confidence. 
I had my coach telling me, just keep trusting the process. Don't worry. It's not going to be an overnight thing. And we're training and you're working on these things here at our lesson. Don't necessarily worry about where the ball is going, but working on those mechanics and getting the mechanics down. So that way they would eventually translate into my swing. So I just think having that reinforcing voice saying, you're doing great. Don't worry about it. Just keep practicing. Just keep going. It really helped build confidence for me very early on, which again, with a sport like this is very important. So my number one suggestion for anybody, men, women who want to start learning the game, no matter what age you are, would be to get some sort of professional instruction, whether it's one-on-one or in a small group like I did to learn the golf swing and how to play the right way right from the beginning. So that way you're not trying to figure it out on your own or learn from a friend or a boyfriend or somebody who you might not be as inclined to listen to. Well, yeah. And uh, that <laughs> sometimes could be a relationship breaker too. So yeah. you, maybe going the professional route is the way to go. So that is a yes. great insight and nugget of wisdom there that you just provided for anyone yeah. out there, men or women, any age yeah. that are considering yes. to start golf. As I mentioned, I wish I would have done that, but here I am yeah, <laughs> on my journey. It, you're doing it now. You're doing it I, now. So that's great. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Certainly I'm, I'm doing that. So yeah. as we finish up here, I, I love the content you put out there on your Instagram with at new lady golfer i saw you've got over twenty-eight thousand followers even though you're not into the vanity metrics still that's pretty darn impressive there you're doing really great so why don't you just finish up here and even though i just kind of said it but reinforce that how people can connect with you and learn more about all the good things that you're doing on your new female golfer journey yeah so that's the best way to find me would be on my social accounts so on Instagram, it's at New Lady Golfer. I'm also on TikTok by the same username, but I'm much more active on Instagram. And then also Facebook, you can find me by my name, Alyssa Kesar. And I would love if anybody wanted to chat golf or say hi or ask me any questions, please feel free to send me a DM. I manage all of my social media accounts and I respond to the best of my ability to everybody's DMs and comments. So please feel free to reach out. I'd love to chat golf with you. Nice, nice. I like the entrepreneurial hustle there. Good stuff. And as I always do, I will include in our show notes everything that Alyssa just mentioned there as far as how to connect with her. And uh, we'll have some imagery in there also. And speaking about visuals and imagery, after we finish up here, Alyssa and I are going to jump on a video call, which we're going to record. And as we do, we put that on our Mod Golf YouTube channel. So we'll be having some fun there, some additional content, different questions, not just a repeat of what we're doing here. So after you've listened to this, why don't you turn yourself from a listener to a viewer and join us there. So with that, hey, Alyssa Kesar doing awesome things in golf, new woman golfer, Instagram micro-influencer. You're getting past the micro stage. I think you're you're doing all right there with at New Lady Golfer. I love this story. I have a feeling that you and I are going to be talking much more with all the things that you're interested in and that aligns with me. And hopefully very soon after this pandemic thing gets under control that we can get together and swing a club and play around together. I would love that. Me too. That would be great. Let's do it. Good stuff. All right. We'll leave it at that. So, hey, Alyssa, have a great day. We'll talk to you later. Thank you. You too. So that's a wrap for this episode of the Mod Golf Podcast. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with new golfer and Farmers Open social media host, Alyssa Kesar. If you'd like to learn more about Alyssa, check out her Instagram at newladygolfer and visit our episode show page where we've included website links and contact information. 
The video link for my extended conversation with Alyssa is also on the episode show page. And please subscribe to our ModGolf YouTube channel while you're there. If you leave a comment, I promise to respond. Please join me next time when my guest is entrepreneur Broderick Higby, creator of Golf AI, which is the first app to introduce artificial intelligence into golf improvement through advanced swing video analysis software. I'd like to take a moment and thank our sponsor partners, Golf Genius Software and British Columbia Golf, for helping make the Mod Golf podcast happen. Without their support, I wouldn't be able to bring you these engaging stories from golf's brightest innovators and influencers. Our friends at Golf Genius Software have added a new digital scorecard option to their live scoring capabilities of its tournament management platform. So if you're a golf course owner or operator, visit them at www.golfgenius.com to find out how they can help create less work, more fun, and more revenue. If you enjoyed this conversation about entrepreneurship in the golf industry, you can find more compelling episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you like to listen in. I'm your host, Colin Weston. Thanks so much for joining me. Bye for now.